Well, surprise, I'm not Pastor Philip. A little surprise when the lights came up for you. How about that? Yes. Like six or seven of you are glad, so anyway. Hey, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad to be here today. One of the things I so appreciate our pastor doing is giving campus pastors the opportunity to share from time to time. And a lot of times we get to share during a sermon series that he's doing. And so that's always neat to get to um, partner with him and do that. And then every now and again, an opportunity comes where he says, guys, you just have a standalone Sunday and you do what God has laid on your heart. And so you're probably coming in the door today thinking, hey, this is good. I'm going to hear a Thanksgiving message. And you got the little card when you came in the little program and you realized, okay, I'm not hearing a Thanksgiving message. So let me tell you how we ended up where we are today. About a month ago, my family was in downtown in the alley, and my wife and daughter were just sitting around. We were chatting, and all of a sudden started talking about just church things in general. And as I started talking to my daughter and really listening to her and listening to some of her friends that aren't in church and just really zoning in on what she was saying, one of the things I picked up on pretty quickly was just a frustration, a frustration in her voice, a frustration as it related to her friends in the fact that a lot of Christians just aren't living for Jesus. They're not following him. They're not counting the cost of following him and how confusing that is to her friends that don't know Jesus. And so as I'm sitting there in my mind knowing that November the 24th is coming up, God started wrestling with me about this message today. And I kept thinking, no, I need to do Thanksgiving. He said, no, you need to do the cost of following Jesus. And you see who won today. You see what I'm talking about today. Uh, But this is a message that I'll just tell you, um, it's going to be uncomfortable for you. It was uncomfortable for me in preparing for this message Um, God spoke to me very clearly about some things in my life that I need to adjust. And I'll just tell you because I have to suffer and go through that. I hope you suffer and go through that this morning. And I'm just kidding. Um, But I just pray that God would speak to you and that he would just open your heart and your mind and you would connect with whatever it is he wants to say to you today. Because we are going to talk about the cost of following Jesus. And I promise you there is a cost to following him. But the cost is absolutely worth it. So as we get ready to, to get into the message today, would you stop just a moment? Let's pray together. Father, I want to come to you and thank you for today. Father, I thank you for each person that sits in this worship center and for those who are listening on live stream. And Father, I thank you that they're here for a reason and a purpose. We don't always know what that is, but I know this, that your word won't return void. And there's something that you want to say to each one of us this morning. So my prayer is that you, for the next few moments, would take distractions away and help us just to hear what you have to say. And Father, if I'm honest today, Danny Wilson has nothing to say to these people that will help them because I'm just like they are. I'm broken, I'm struggling, I'm hurting. But Father, your word is perfect, and your word meets us right where our greatest need is. So I pray you would speak clearly to us today through your word. The passage that we're going to look at today, I pray that it will continue to just resonate in our minds and it would change the way that we live our lives. So we give you this time looking forward to what you're going to do. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, um, I am excited about the message, though it's going to be a challenging message. And uh, let me go ahead and read the verse, and then we'll dive into the notes that you have before you. But our take-all point is going to be um, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And here's what God's Word says. And you need to know that this is Jesus speaking. So, um, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me a verse that many of you are probably familiar with, and we're just going to unpack some of this verse and what it's saying about the cost of following Jesus. As we do that, you'll notice on your card, what is our point to remember today? What's our focus today? And it's this, that following Jesus is going to cost you your life. 
Following Jesus is going to cost you your life. Now, let me put that into context for you. Uh, we're very blessed in the United States of America that we don't experience the same persecution that believers experience all over the world today. And the amount of time that we're here in the worship center, there will be men and women, possibly boys and girls, who will lose their life because they're a believer. They'll lose their life because of Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful that we don't have to deal with that persecution. But I will tell you, could you possibly lose your life for being a believer? Yes, it happens. It happens in school shootings. It happens in malls. It happens in homes. It happens all over the place. So I can't tell you that that's not the price that you're going to pay, the cost you're going to pay for being a believer. But most likely for most of us sitting in there, that's not the, the life that we're going to give up. It's not the life that I'm necessarily speaking of right here. The life I'm talking about are things like this, your time, your energy, your finances, your preferences, your conveniences, personal sacrifice. That's what I'm talking about today as I deal with this message, that we need to understand following Jesus is going to cost you those things and ultimately could cost you your life. To put it in a little bit more context, you need to understand what Jesus is talking about here and the importance of this because if we bump up to verse 22, listen to what he says in these verses. The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. So listen to what Jesus is saying here. The things he's going to go through, the persecution he's going to go through. And then we get to verse 23, and that's when he said, Then he said to the disciples, If any of you want to be my follower, you've got to give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So understand the seriousness of these verses are Jesus saying, I'm getting ready to lay my life down uh, for the kingdom of God, and you may have to do that as well. And that's what we're talking about today. That price, it cost us to follow Jesus. So I want to go ahead and just dive right in and get started. Um, one of the first things I want you to notice is the phrase that if you want to be my follower. And I want you to understand on your card, you'll see um, a blank fill in there that this is a conditional statement. Not everybody is going to do this. Now, let me be very clear when I say that, that it's not conditional in the sense that you and I get to decide what is required of a follower. Be very clear. We don't get to decide that. What we get to decide is if we follow and if we're going to pay the price it's going to cost us to be a believer. That's the conditional part. Will we step out in faith knowing full well it's going to cost us? Will we step out and pay that price to be a follower of Jesus? And then let me just add a little tough statement on here. and Just go ahead and we'll, we'll get right into this and we'll just deal with this right up front. But if we don't do the things that we're getting ready to talk about today, then we need to examine if we're really a follower of Jesus Christ. And when we get into the message today, it's going to be a little bit scary when you think about that because this is a hard message today. But you need to really understand that we may need to face the reality if we're not practicing these things, can we call ourselves a follower of Jesus so again, understand today, following Jesus is going to cost you your life. I promise you that it will. So let's go ahead and start in on some of the musts of following Jesus that we find in Luke 9, 23. The first one is we're told that we have to give up our own way. We have to give up our own way. And you're probably sitting there thinking, uh-oh, wrong Sunday to choose to be at Cedar Creek. I should have stayed home today. No, you shouldn't have. I promise God's got something he's going to challenge you with today. But just let's look a little bit closer at this whole idea and this whole must of giving up our own way. To give up actually means this, to disregard our own interest or to act unlike ourselves. Let me say that again. In order to give up, that word actually means that we disregard our own interest or we act unlike ourself. 
Let me real quickly explain that to you. First of all, to disregard our own interests. So you and I are to pay no attention to our own interests. Now, let me, let, me, let me just go ahead and follow that up by saying you're not supposed to live this horribly miserable life where you don't do anything you enjoy. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is this, that God has given you passions and desires and things that you love to do, and he wants you to do those things. But what I want to tell you is this, there will be times that he may ask you to sacrifice those things and to do some things that are a little bit out of your comfort zone, to do some things that maybe you're not really familiar with, some new things, maybe to actually put aside some of the things you enjoy in order to reach out and to love and to help him grow his kingdom. So I want you to understand that's what we're talking about here when I say disregard our own interests. We need to be willing to lay those down and give those things up and give up our own way in order to be a follower of Jesus. And then I said to you, it also means to act unlike ourselves. And here's the reality. That may sound contradictory to you because you think, God made me, God created me. Why would he not want me to act like the person he's created me to be? Well, that's true if we acted like the person that God created us to be, but the reality is we were born into a very sinful world, and all of us from the time we came from our mother's womb, we're selfish. We are extremely, extremely selfish people, and we're all about ourselves. We're self-focused. We're self-centered. We're self-absorbed. And so what I would say to you in that definition of giving up, we're not to act like that. We're not to act like that self. We need to act like the self we're going to talk about, we're going to discover in Scripture today. So that's what I'm talking about when I give you that definition, that following Jesus is not about acting like we were born to act, but it's like who God created us to be. So as a follower, what I'm telling you today is we have to be willing to give up our preferences and what makes us comfortable for the cause of the kingdom of God and to be like Jesus. One of the verses in Scripture that is one of my favorite verses in one sense, but it's also very challenging for me, comes out of Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Listen to what God's Word says. This is Paul writing here. My old self has been crucified with Christ. Listen to this next phrase. So, I, so, I, so it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now let me read that a little smoother without a little stumble there. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Wow. When you and I make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life, then it's no longer about us. It's no longer about us living. It's about him living through us. And that's what I'm talking about today, giving up your own way. Yes, you give up your own way because you've been crucified and you're now allowing Christ to live in you. So what does that look like practically for us? Just a few thoughts on that. First of all, it absolutely means putting God first. Uh, we need to put God very first in our life. And what does that look like? It means just focusing on him and his words and his commands and the things we learn from Scripture. It's allowing those things to guide and those things to direct our life. It also means putting other people first. Things like serving them. Things like loving them. Things like sacrificing for them. Again, it's no longer about us. It's about that next person that God wants us to reach. So the focus is on God, the focus is on other people, and it's not on us anymore. And then the other thing it could mean, um, and I'm going to kind of bring this really into focus as it relates to church for just a moment. And let's talk about what it means to give up our own way. Um, one of the things from time to time, as you can imagine, um, that we hear some comments about is music. Now let me tell you this. We can do music this way this week, and next week we could bring in an organ and a piano in here, and we could start using that. And some of you next week are going to be like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. And some of you are going to be like, that is horrible. The very next week we could bring in a rock and roll band up here. We could just jam so loud that your shirt's beating off your chest, and some of you would love it, and some of you would hate it. 
The reality is it's music, and everybody has a different preference, and everybody has a different style. What I will tell you is this. As a staff, from the time this church started to 2019 still, um, we have a passion and desire to help people find their way back to Jesus. So as a staff, we're always trying to figure out how do we do that. And music is one of those ways we pray through, we think through, we try to figure out what's going to connect with people. So some people are going to really love it. Some people may not prefer it. Here's what I would challenge you to do. Think about the mission and vision of this church, and that's helping people find their way back to Jesus. That's helping other people find their way to Jesus because we already know Jesus. So what we've got to be willing to do is give up our own way in order to help other people come to know him. So one of the things I would challenge you to do is look at the lyrics that we sing. These are so biblically based lyrics and they come straight from scripture, so many of them, and get focused on what those lyrics are saying and what God's trying to say to you through those things. And maybe don't focus sometimes so much on the beat and what your preference is or that, this, that, or the other, but focus on, hey, are we helping people find their way back to Jesus? And we're absolutely doing that. Another area that may seem a little bit petty to you, but it's something, again, that we deal with, um, donuts and coffee. And I don't know why it seems like every time I speak somewhere, donuts comes up, but it's coming up again. Maybe it's because I love donuts. But anyway, I just stop and I think about that. Sometimes um, when, you, when people come in the door, we'll hear things like, why don't we have this particular donut? Why don't we have this flavor of donut? Why don't we have this coffee? Why don't we have this flavor of coffee? The coffee needs to be stronger. The coffee's too strong. It's too hot. It's too cold. And here's the reality. Uh, we want to provide that for you. We love to do that. But we also love to provide that for our guests that come through the door as just a way for them to feel welcome for us to sit down, maybe share something over a cup of coffee, over a donut hole with somebody. We're doing that as, a, again, just a way to try to connect with people. So there really is a purpose and a plan for why we do that. And sometimes, again, we've got to get past our own ways and our own desires and realize, hey, this is a, a way that my church is trying to connect with people. And really, it's not about me anymore. It's about that next guest. It's about that next person coming through the door. It's about me inviting somebody to come have these donuts and to have this um, this call or this water or the hot chocolate. Another area, and this one I'm getting ready to make some people unhappy. And I just have to do this because I just think it's where God is leading this message to go. Another area has to do with volunteering. Um, and this is really key that uh, sometimes we have to give up our own ways and do what God's called us to do. And here's the deal. God has called you to serve if this is your home church. If you call this your home church and you come to church regularly here, I'm just going to tell you this. You need to be serving. And if you are not serving, God is not happy about that. I'm just telling you because here's the deal. We're told in Scripture that all of the parts of our body have a certain function. And when all of those are doing what they need to, our body functions like it needs to. But if they're not, we have a problem. And then we take that over into the spiritual realm, and God says to us, the church is much like a body, and everybody has a function. Everybody has a role. And so if someone is not carrying out, someone's not doing what they've been gifted to do, the church suffers. Let me tell you how this played out a couple weeks ago. We were sitting in a lead team meeting here on the Banks Mill campus, and I'm talking to our staff, and Terry Watson, who is over our Grace Ministry here, which is a ministry we have to special needs families, was simply sharing uh, just a volunteer shortage, that God is sending some new families here, and we have a phenomenal opportunity to minister to these families, to give parents or other families an opportunity to come here and worship while we love and we care for their families, or for their loved one. And she's sitting there talking about that God sent new people, but we're really short volunteers. And so I'm allowing her to talk, but the whole time my mind is racing and I'm sitting there thinking, that's wrong. That is wrong. 
Now, why is that wrong? Because we have people sitting here right now that I believe with all my heart God is called to work in Grace Ministries. You have a passion for special needs. The same thing can be played out in Kids Creek. We have rooms right now with too many children in there and too few leaders when our passion and our heart and our desire is small group. We want those children to be in a small group to begin to learn about a home group, to learn about authentic community. And they're in classrooms with too many kids and the ratios aren't where they need to be because people aren't stepping up. It happens that way in center point. It happens that way in guest services. It happens that way with ushers. I'm just going to shoot straight with you this morning. God has provided optimum leadership at Cedar Creek Church with where we are right now today. I don't have a doubt in my mind that God has called the people to step up to help us accomplish our mission and vision. Here's the problem. People aren't counting the cost. People aren't paying the price, and they're not stepping up. And so if you're not serving today, I'm just going to tell you, you need to serve. We'll help you find a place to serve. We will just stick you somewhere. And then if you don't like it, you tell us you don't like it, we'll find another place for you to serve. But you need to serve because if you call this your church home, God's called you to do that. And you need to step up and do that. And we have the places where we can use you to help carry out our mission and vision. So I want to challenge you this morning, if that's you, don't get mad, don't throw things at me, don't cuss at me, do all that. You just do business with God and say, God, is this my next step? And you just listen to what he tells you because the day is going to come and I pray that we have people here and we are searching for places to plug them in because so many people are counting the costs and realizing, you know what, I'm giving up my own way to help carry out the mission and vision of this church, which is to grow God's kingdom and there's nothing more important than that. And then one other thing I started thinking about, you probably have come in the last couple of weeks and noticed something a little different about the worship center. You probably noticed four sections of seats that are covered. There's a couple reasons for that. One is when this, first, when this worship center was first built, um, we had a whole lot of people that were worshiping at this church. Then Pastor Philip had a vision that God gave him to become a multi-site church. God has blessed that tremendously. But with that, many people have gone to our Ridge campus. Many people have gone to our West campus. Um, and so what happened is some people dispersed. He also shared with us a very alarming statistic that committed believers attend church 1.8 Sundays, uh, uh, attend church 1.8 Sundays a month. That's a pretty scary thought. So between those two people, we don't have as many people in here. But here's where it gets personal, and I'm not going to pick on you. I'm going to pick on me, and I'm going to pick on my wife for just a minute. A couple weeks ago, Kelly and I were at Betsy's, and we were eating downtown Aiken. If you've not been to Betsy's, go there. Great food. But we're sitting at the counter, and sitting right in front of Kelly is this beautifully, like, 10-layer carrot cake. And she's staring at it. I don't like carrot cake, so I didn't have to worry about it. But she's sitting there staring at it as we're waiting on our food. And finally, she gives in, and she asks the lady, hey, could I get a piece of that carrot cake? The lady gladly gives her a piece of carrot cake. And so Kelly starts eating it before lunch comes. So that's a no-no. Okay, you don't eat dessert first, but she did. There's a gentleman sitting beside her who just looks over at her and just says, hey, you're having dessert first today. Well, Kelly loves to pick back and forth. So the two of them, they kind of start um, going back and forth at each other, and then things settle back down, and we're minding our business. He's eating. A few minutes later, a plate comes, and I don't remember if Kelly got the club or what it was that day. It's a lot of food. They sit it down in front of her, and he looks over at her and says, I'm going to be very impressed if you can eat all of that food. So then again, we start laughing and kind of go back and forth with him. Throughout the meal, we're talking back and forth. He gets ready to go. He says, y'all have a great day. We tell him to have a great day. Hold that thought right there. Uh, Friday a week ago? Yes. 
Um, of all places, I was at Krispy Kreme buying what? Donuts for us to eat on Sunday morning. And the lady, as soon as I walked in the door, because I go there frequently to pay for donuts, she says, hey, Pastor Danny, I'll be with you in just a minute. So she comes up. She speaks to me. We have a conversation. I pay for the donut holes. We laugh. I don't remember what we talked about. And I turned and I walked out the door. Well, then Kelly and I started comparing notes. And what we realized is this. She missed an opportunity to talk to a businessman about coming to Cedar Creek Church. I missed an opportunity to talk to the lady at Krispy Kreme about coming to church. You want to know why some of those seats are empty today? Because Danny Wilson and Kelly Wilson has not, have not invited anybody to Cedar Creek. Now let me ask you this question. When was the last time you invited anybody to Cedar Creek Church? This is a fantastic church. If you've been here for a long time, you may have lost that focus and you may have gotten used to what's going on here. And I really don't say this as a slam on any other church. And I hope after I say this, I'm glad that I said this. But here's the reality. I would compare Cedar Creek Church to any other church in Aiken, South Carolina, and tell you we're a notch above that. I'm just telling you. This is for me. Um, okay, good. Um, but for me, this is just a place you can come. It's okay to not be okay. You can be who you are. We're going to love you. We're going to care about you. But we're all going to take next steps together. So I say all that to say to you, maybe all of us need to start inviting people to church, not to fill up a bunch of empty seats as important as that is, but because every single one of those people matter. That man sitting beside us at Betsy's mattered enough to God that he sent Jesus Christ to die for him. That lady that works at Krispy Kreme Donuts that spoke to me, God loves her so much he sent Jesus Christ into this world to die for her. So what makes me think? that I am so important that I can't stop to invite somebody to church because this is a place that God wants people to come to fellowship, to be together, to be part of an authentic Christian community. So I just want to ask you, in 2020, would you, join, would you join me in inviting people here? Because I'll tell you this, one of my greatest joys, and I haven't asked Pastor Philip about this, and so he may not be happy with what I'm telling you, but one of my greatest joys is to take those four covers out into that gravel lot and light them on fire because we don't need them anymore because people are in here worshiping. Um, so again, if we'll all be willing to give up our own way and count the cost of following Jesus, God's kingdom is going to grow. I promise you it will grow. And I promise you this will be an awesome place to worship because we see God doing some awesome things. So there you go. First point, following Jesus, you'll see this on your card, will cost you your life as you give up your ways. I'm just telling you, as you give up your conveniences and things you enjoy, it's going to cost you, but the benefit is worth it. So let's go to number two. Number two is going to be to take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily. Wow, I know you're really thrilled now that you came. First of all, I'm telling you to give up your own way, and now I'm telling you, hey, you need to take up your cross daily. Let's talk for a minute about that, because you do need, again, to understand the message title. There's a cost for following Jesus. What does it mean to take up my cross daily? You know, for us in the modern world, we hear that word cross, and we, you probably think about a piece of jewelry. You might think about a necklace. You might think about some kind of ornament or home decoration or decoration at a church. And we don't always have this really clear picture of what a cross is. In the Roman world, it would have been something totally different because what you need to understand to the Romans, that cross was very, very significant because what it turned out to be was it was a place of shame, of guilt, of suffering, of rejection. So they would not have just had crosses everywhere like we have them today because they were shameful and they were a place of rejection. 
It would be kind of comparable to if you and I walked around with a gold or silver electric chair around our neck. People would look at us like, what? What are you doing? That's kind of what would happen in the Roman world. Why are all these crosses out here? Why are you, around, why are you wearing that around your neck like jewelry? That, that's not a good thing. So we need to understand the significance of that cross. It was a death instrument, and it was for people who had lived horrible lives, and it was not something at all to put out there and to sport and to be proud about or to show like we like to do it today. So simply put, what we're being told to do here when it says to take up our cross daily is we're to die every day to ourselves and to allow Jesus to live through us. That every single day we're to put ourselves on that cross and to say, God, this is about you. I've been crucified and now you're living through me. It's not about me. That's what is happening when we're told to take up our cross daily. So this is very, very significant. We're also told in those verses that that word take actually means to place upon oneself or to carry or to bear. So what we're being told by Jesus to do is that we're reminding ourselves that we've placed ourselves upon that cross, that we're carrying that cross, that we're dying to ourselves in response to him, in response to him having control and him having dominion and him having reign in our life and it's no longer about us. And then the other thing you're going to notice there is he tells us to take up that cross when? He tells us to take it up daily. And this sounds easy, but this is extremely, extremely difficult to do this because it's so easy to get back in to our selfish ways and to doing things for ourselves, getting focused on ourselves, pouring energy into ourselves. And what's happening here is you say, no, that's not what you're doing on daily. You've got to die. And, and actually, it's more like moment by moment because if you're anything like me, I can take over my life pretty quickly. It's very hard day in, day out, moment by moment to remember, hey, I've died to myself. Jesus is in control. So this is really a moment by moment thing that we've got to do is take up that cross and die to ourselves. So what it means as we take up our cross is that we're identifying with Christ in our surrender, in our suffering, in our sacrifice that we're paying a price like he did. Like he did. So what does this look like for us? Real quickly, just a few fast examples for you. One is just had a conversation with a man last week that was talking about heading home. And as he was heading home one day down this road that he travels all the time, he began to notice a house. And that house began to get more and more cluttered and just in shambles and just didn't look good. And one day he realized God was calling him to stop. So he pulls in this driveway and goes to the door and meets a young lady and finds out that her father had, had passed away a little while back. And she had just kind of given up on life. So he spent the next few moments talking to her. Hey, I would love for my wife to meet you. Me and my home group, we'd love to do anything we can to help you. And here's the deal. He doesn't know what's going to happen. That happened not too long ago. So he has no idea what's going to happen with that story. If, if she's ever going to call him, they're ever going to have an opportunity to help her. But what he did was just what we're talking about today. He was willing to take up his cross, die to himself, and do something for him that normally he wouldn't have done. Just reach out to somebody that God laid upon his heart. And he was willing to do that and step out. It could also be reaching out to that person who gets on your very last nerve at work, and we all have somebody like that, so don't be all righteous in here, that you just think, if I didn't have to see him again or spend time with him again, I would be perfectly fine with that. And what I would say to you today is, maybe God's telling you, hey, take up your cross, die to yourself, reach out to that person. We have no clue what's going on in each other's lives the weight that we're under, the struggles that people are up against, the challenges that people face, and sometimes, and maybe just God wants to use you to reach that person that right now you really struggle with, and he's saying to you, no, die to yourself, reach out to them. It's not about you. It's about helping people find their way back to me. 
And then just a few others I thought about. You know, serving in church. Again, I'll talk to you about that for just a moment. I'm amazed at the number of our home group leaders that not only serve in home group, but serve in another area of ministry. And they do that simply because they're dying to themselves. They're taking up their cross daily. They realize, yeah, I already serve as a home group leader. On Sunday morning, I'd love to sleep a little bit later, or I would love not to go in here and have to deal with these kids who are bouncing off the wall because they've had sugar and they're all excited and all that stuff, or somebody in grace ministry with guest services or wherever. But they realize God's called me to do this, and it's not about me. So, yeah, I have multiple places of service. Again, I hope the day comes that nobody has to do that. We're looking for places to serve. But the reality is these individuals have stepped up and said, not only will I lead a home group that's very time-consuming and it's a lot of work, but I'm going to serve somewhere else because this is not about me. It's about serving and loving other people. So just think about in your own life, those places where God might be calling you to take up your cross and ask him, God, is this the place where you're asking me to do this? Is this an area you're asking me to do this, a relationship? And God's going to guide you and he's going to direct you and lead you to those places where he needs you to take up your cross, die to yourself in order to expand his kingdom. Let me get to the third thing. And before I do that, let me do say this. Following Jesus, it's going to cost you your life as you take up your cross daily. I promise you, as you are following him and doing what he's called you to do and he asks you to take up that cross, you're going to lose the life you have now in order to gain a life that, man, you're not going to get it any other way. The third one here, and I'll cover this one quickly, has to do with following me. Um, following has the idea of union or likeness or going the same way. Um, so in other words, a follower is in union. Um, they're in likeness. They're heading in the same direction of the person that's leading them. And one example that came to my mind that tells you how, the, how um, deep my mind is, I think about the game Follow the Leader. And in that game Follow the Leader, what do you do? You follow the person that's in front of you, and you do whatever they do. If they roll around on the floor, you roll around on the floor. If they do a somersault, you do that. If they do jumping, you do whatever that leader does. What I would say to you today is that's what Jesus is saying to us. Follow me. I'm not asking you to reinvent the wheel. I'm not asking you that you have to come up with all these ways to, to reach people. He's simply saying to you, follow me. Do the things you've seen me do. Imitate me is what he's calling us to do today. And I don't know that sometimes we do really well with this, but that's what he's instructing us to do, to follow him. So what he's saying to us is, I want you to be in union with me. I want you to live and I want you to look like me. I want you to go in the same direction as me. Basically, what he's telling us is, I want your life to be a reflection of me. He says to me, Danny, I want your life to reflect me. He says to you, I want your life to reflect me. And he wants people to see Jesus living in all of us. And that's what he's telling us to follow and reflect him. Let me ask you this. Does your life look like his? Are you giving up your ways? Are you taking up your cross? Are you following God today? Or are you the Lord of your life? Are you the master of your life? Or do you look like Jesus? Do you see people like he does? Do you forgive? Do you serve? Do you love like he does? What does following Jesus look like at church? Just real quickly, it looks like being committed. Don't be here 1.8 Sundays. Jesus Christ gave everything for us. So be here with his family. Let's worship together. Let's serve together. Be here. Be committed. Find your place of service here. Find a place you can reach out and make an impact in somebody else's life. Come here and worship together. I believe if Jesus were here, he would come in this door and he would be fully engaged in worship. No matter what the music was, no matter what the message was, no matter what was going on, he would be fully engaged in worship. 
So maybe we need to come that way and come in this door ready to worship, having prayed, having spent time with God all week and excited to be here with other people to lift his name up, to acknowledge him, to focus on him. What does it look like at work? Man, be a hard worker. Set the example at your office of what it means to have a work ethic. Be on time at your office. Give everything you've got while you're there. Care about the people at your office. Those are things I think Jesus would say, follow me and look how I did this. In your home, what does that look like? Man, that you're out serving each other. You're racing to see who's taking, this sounds crazy, racing to see who's going to take the garbage out or empty the dishwasher or clean a toilet. But get in there and serve each other, love each other, make each other a priority in, in the life of your family. And those are things I'm saying to you. Jesus is simply saying, follow my example, follow my lead in these areas. An important question for you this morning would be this. Who are you following? Who is it that you are following today? And I'll tell you the easiest way to know who you're following. Look at the actions in your life. How do you spend your time and what do you spend your time doing? And that will be the person that you're following. Is it you? Is it another family member? Is it a spouse? Or is it Jesus? Who are you following? And then an interesting thing I'll tell you is this. As we follow Jesus, and this is so important, as we follow, Je as we follow Jesus, we're going to be pointing people to Jesus. This is huge. As you and I simply follow him and do what he's called us to do, we're going to continually point people to him. And our very mission of this church, helping people find their way back to Jesus, find their way back to God, that's what our life's going to be about as we follow him pointing people back to him, back to him, back to him, and God's going to be able to use that, and God's going to be able to do some amazing things here at our church. So I want you to know that following Jesus is going to cost you your life as you give him control of everything. As you give him that control and follow him, it's going to cost you. So our three musts of following Jesus today, give up your own way. The second one is take up your cross daily. The third is to follow him. And then I do need to say this before I get done, that very, very important to everything we've talked about today is the foundation. And the foundation is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and we can't even talk about this whole idea of following um, if we don't know who it is we're following. So I would ask you today, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you realized that you're a sinner? Have you realized the wages of your sin, the wages of my sin is death? And that means that we're going to be separated from God for all of eternity but that God loves you and God loves me so much, he sent his son Jesus Christ into this world as a gift to us and saying to us, here's my son. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to get to me. And if you'll receive him, you're going to experience forgiveness. You're going to experience hope. You're going to experience direction and peace in your life that you're not going to get any other way. Have you made that step to make him the Lord of your life? In just a minute, I'm going to pray, and I would just ask you if that's something that you need to talk with someone about. We're going to have prayer encouragers on either side of the stage, and that's your starting point today is to go and talk about beginning that relationship with Jesus. But for those of us who know him, we've got to be willing to count that cost and ask ourselves, am I willing to do that? Am I willing to be a follower and to pay the price it costs to be one of God's children? You know, I guess I could wrap it up with this last verse in 24, verse 24. This kind of summarizes everything I've said today. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Could I challenge you today and tell you this? If you're trying to be the Lord of your life and you're trying to hang on to it and you're trying to be the one in charge of it, according to God's word, you're losing your life. You're losing the true abundant meaning God has for you, the direction he has for you, the peace he has for you. But he says it in his word, as weird as this sounds, if you give your life away, 
If you're willing to sacrifice and pay the price of being a disciple of mine, you're going to gain your life. You're going to experience abundance. You're going to experience a hope that you're going to experience no more in, in any other way. And so I'll just ask you today, are you hanging on to your life? Or are you saying, God, my life is your life. I crucify myself to you. You live in me. And are you experiencing life through him? Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I want to come to you and thank you for our time today. Father, I want to thank you um, that you allow us to be your children. And Father, I even this morning want to thank you uh, for the price that we pay to be your children because it is so worth it to be part of your kingdom and to help other people understand your incredible love, your forgiveness, your passion for them. And my prayer for each one of us today is that we'll examine our life and we'll make sure that we're counting that cost and that, Father, we're following through with the things that you demand of us. And I pray from the message today that you would just speak to each of us clearly about what our next step is. I also pray this morning for the person that's sitting here that doesn't know Jesus, and I know that your passion is to have a relationship with each one of us. And would you give that person the boldness and courage in just a moment to step out, to go to a prayer encourager, and just to ask, hey, what do I need to do to start this journey with Jesus? And Father, I pray that person would just listen and hear what it is that you want to say to them. But my prayer today is that simply we would be available to you, that, Father, we would understand the significance of living a life for you and the way that you want to use us in other people's lives. Give us boldness. Give us courage. And, Father, as we live for you, I pray that we would help personally and as a church see people's eternity change because they meet you. Thank you again for our time today. Would you continue to speak through your word this week, this month, this year? And I pray that this would just be a life-changing year for us as we surrender to you and we count the cost of following you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.